Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Thursday, April 16th, 2020. Here we are again in a, another beautiful day of quarantine. What are you up to? Are you sitting on your couch listening to this? Maybe listening to this on a on a jog or a run of some kind? Are you in the car driving in a circle just because? What's up? What's going on? I am in my bedroom just talking to you guys. So uh, I really appreciate the support. I've heard some great things. We got our first write-in on the Facebook Messenger for the Get Home Safe page. I want to thank Mr. Edwin Ixta for giving a shout-out uh, to the, the program. Uh, he's a, a, a Real Hondo Prep alum and currently works in the junior high department there. So thank you to Edwin. Uh, we are here every Monday through Friday, guys. We've been getting the podcast out a little earlier, mostly in the morning. I'm uh, doing a lot of work the night before on things. Another thing we're doing is we're putting out music and, and music to start the show, usually something different. We're ending the show with another song di that's different, but the ending song usually has something to do with with home or safety or, or home safe or something of that nature. So we're just playing playing around with it and just trying to see what we can do, what works for us. The music in between the, the bookends, our guests, the intro and the outro, we'll call it, they are suggested by our guest of that day. So it's their choosing. They get to do a little, uh, uh, you know, a, a suggestion on their music. So we like that feature that we're doing. And again, you can only listen to the podcast with the music if you are listening in the Anchor app itself. There's other avenues, uh, and, and we'll take any listenership we get, but on the Anchor app is where you will get the sound effects. Uh, we already talked about our Facebook page. Again, thank you to Edwin. We hope to hear from more people. A few things to talk about today. Uh, yesterday on footballzebras.com, the NFL announced the hiring of six new officials, and I'm a big referee, officiating, umpire supporter, so I just wanted to... Uh, mention that uh, looks like uh, four, no, three of these six hires are from the Big 12. So the Big 12 seems to be doing a great job of of, of grooming some officials. One official from the Pac-12, one from the Big 10, and another from the ACC. So that rounds out the six hires in the NFL. Uh, yeah, congrats to those guys. I, I know that officiating at any level you do Getting to move to the next level is a big day and, and a big achievement. So congrats to Tab Slaughter, Frank LeBlanc, Michael Dulce, Joe Bluebaugh, Trey Black, Blake, and Clay Renard. I hope I said their names correctly. I've never met these individuals, but a big shout out to them and congratulations. I had something on my mind that, you know, I do, I've always kind of done it going back to my playing days, but I'm a big countdown clock kind of guy. Let me explain. A lot of teams will have a clock in their locker room, six days till kickoff against whoever. And it's, it's, I, I did it when I played, I would, I would start a clock like 24 hours before game time. I know I was a nerd. I still am, but that's just something I liked. I liked doing that. It was, it was a fun way to, 
just build up to the game. And I have that now for a few items on my phone. I have countdowns to a lot of uh, events. It's kind of a fun way for me to remember a uh, or look forward to something like I have on there. Uh, Christmas, countdown to Christmas, how many days it is, minutes, hours, seconds. Uh, I have a lot of those uh, things. I won't mention them all because you may you may uh, really dislike me and, and just say, oh, okay, we, we got better things to do. But I count down to, say, uh, March Madness or the start of the college baseball season, the Super Bowl, just just big events like that. And uh, so it gives me a chance when I'm swiping through my phone, I can look and see and just kind of, it, it may be a long way away, but it's just something something to think about. So I, I do that. And, you know, what what are some of the things you, you like that you look forward to? Um, it could be anything, you know, a birthday, uh, uh, a movie coming. I don't know. It could be anything, but but I'm a weirdo, and I, that's something I do. I have a big countdown, uh, a bunch of countdowns on my phone, and uh, yeah. So that was that was something uh, that I, I kind of chuckled about, and I thought I'd share with you. Um, another thought is, you know, I found I found recently that there's a few times with certain movies they're usually military uh movies or stories about different uh wars the US has fought in and you know i don't care what what it's about you know which which war which story uh, the 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 politics of it i don't i don't care about those things it's but but sometimes some movies just really get to you and it could be uh maybe not a popular movie but you know saving private ryan always hits me a little hard uh, teary-eyed. I've already mentioned Gettysburg, the Patriot that was on the other night, and and yeah, maybe it think the movies aren't a hundred percent accurate, but it just gets you thinking sometimes about man, people went through this, people people signed up or uh, for for service and and just to try to do the right thing, and in the face of just tremendous uh, risk of their own life, and there's just so many things people have done for us and and you know what honestly i get a little emotional with certain movies i I try to fight it back and i'm like what are you doing this is all fake but it's but it's representative it's a representation of what really happened and maybe not always in the best portrayal but you know i I just i really appreciate those movies and i've I've been watching plenty i'm sure you have too and uh yeah i just a few scenes sometimes in different movies to get me a little choked up and uh, I think it's powerful, powerful stuff. Big shout out to all the veterans, everyone who served, all their families. Nothing but love for you guys, and uh, you're you are wonderful, wonderful people. So, uh, I saw a funny joke. I thought I would share. It was a Ron Polk was a longtime coach at Mississippi State, and some of my umpire friends may not like this, but I thought I chuckled, shared it with a few of you, but. Ron Polk was interviewed one time. He's talking about an ejection, and he said, "Yeah, I got ejected, and and he told me I needed to leave, and I wasn't leaving." And so the umpire says, "You need to go somewhere where I can't see you." And Ron Polk said, "He then went and he stood on home plate." <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, maybe not at the time for the umpires, but you know that's that's kind of clever. That'd probably get him. Uh, maybe a suspension or something these days, but I thought that was that was rather clever. And I'm always on the side of the umpire, but uh, you know, touche on that one. 
We have a guest today in Sean O'Leary, a baseball coach uh, in the Arcadia Astros summer program. He's also the pitching coach at Temple City High School, where he played baseball long ago. He has some college experience, some uh, professional experience, and he is a coach now that uh, we definitely appreciate as umpires. I think he's somebody who gets it. He gives back. He's, he's going to tell us about all the work he does with the Astros organization. And with all the drama surrounding the Houston Astros, I can promise you this is an Astros uh, <laughs> team and, and logo that you can get behind rather than, than those guys, the Houston Asterisks. So uh, Sean is a, is a good, good guy. We don't agree on everything all the time, but, you know, no coach and umpire do. Uh, but he's a guy that we can we welcome here and want to hear his perspective on umpiring also. So you're going to hear a great uh, list of things from him and uh, and all the good stuff that he does. So we look forward to him, and uh, we will get to him in just a second. So, uh, guys, thanks again for the support. Again, on the Facebook page, again, on the Anchor app itself. It is it is a great, great thing um, uh, that, that you guys are doing in supporting and jumping on here. And we just really, really appreciate your listenership and, uh, and everything. It, it really is motivating to see some of the, the support and seeing that people are listening. So please continue to keep up the good work in that regard. Another thing, you know, random thought, guys, and I'm going to say plenty of these. Have you guys ever noticed... I was watching some stand-up comedy the other night. Have you guys ever noticed that comics always have on good shoes? I'm not talking about their wardrobe, but I would say most comics, they got like usually some sweet tennis shoes, like some, I don't know, Michael Jordan or Nike shoes or some uh, really fancy dress shoes. I just, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I saw a comic didn't have on a, a sweet pair of uh, tennis shoes or, or dress shoes, so... If uh, if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong. But it, you know, it was just something that I was uh, I was checking checking out the other day. I was like, that's kind of weird. So I've bored you enough, I'm sure. Let's get to uh, the interview with Sean O'Leary. Uh, I can promise you, he has some some good things to talk about. I will say from recording this earlier that there is, that we did have some initial problems. The first five minutes or so of the interview are kind of scratchy and. Uh, some audio issues, so I do apologize. It was recorded uh, back when we were having some issues. I will say his the, one of the first things he says, you can't really hear it, but he, he talks about having a cup of coffee uh, and that he was going to try putting some Coca-Cola in it like Bill Barnes, but he decided against it. So uh, that's kind of how he starts. And since it's kind of scratchy, I thought I'd let you know. But Let's get to uh, the interview with Sean right now, and we'll be back afterwards for uh, our closing segment. But until then, please enjoy. Okay, we have a guest today that is different from the ones we've had in the past. We've usually had a lot of umpires and officials and some other colleagues, Rio Hondo Prep and such, but today we have someone uh, with a, maybe a little different perspective on umpires and sports, we have with us a baseball coach. We have Mr. Sean O'Leary. He is currently the pitching coach at Temple City High. He runs a summer program with the Arcadia Astros, and that's where we met. And, uh, Sean, I just want to welcome you to the program. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, I'm having some coffee right now. 
interested about trying that, but I didn't do it. <laughs> the things you learn from uh, umpires, especially like like the likes of Bill Barnes, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was a classic one, man. The hardball one. Those are good stories right there, brother. Oh, absolutely. You get those for free. Yeah, no charge. No <laughs> charge. Just, uh, you know, trying to spread the word and uh, get some funny stories out there. I know you probably have some, some too, and we really appreciate you, appreciate you listening uh, and for the feedback you've given me. So thank you so much for that. Well, absolutely. Hopefully I'm not the only one. Hopefully we got other guys listening that, that are, uh, are uh, colleagues of ours. Let's just say that. Absolutely. To be yeah. polite. Yeah. And, you know, Sean, can you, can you go ahead. Can you cuss on this or what? <laughs> <laughs> is this a censor-free? I'm, I'm going to watch my P's and Q's. How about that? Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, we're uncensored here on the podcast, so we know uh, adult language comes out occasionally. Uh, it, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Baseball talking yeah. all. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and, it's and, it. oh, go ahead. Are you all there, right, buddy? I'm, I'm here, man. Fire away at me, dude. I, okay. I, 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 I'll start. I'll start like I do like a normal baseball game where I uh, – I'll show some umpires the respect, and if they don't give it back to me, then I give an earful. How about that one? <laughs> well, the, be- <laughs> the best part of plate meetings with you, though, Sean, is you usually hand us cash so, so with the, <laughs> for the game fee. So we're generally in a good mood when you do that. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, we'll talk about some of your you, – uh, you've worked with the Arcadia Astros for a long time, and that's where we met working games for you guys. And I think you have a pretty good relationship with the umpires you bring over there to work. And, and uh, I didn't know anything about it till I started working with my buddies, Luther and Ruben over there. And it's been a, it's been a great experience. I truly respect what you guys do. Uh, the summer program that you guys do run. So tell me a little bit about the Arcadia Astros. Yeah. So uh, the Astros has been around since 1973. Um, it was started by Fred Peritori. Jerry Florence and then uh, Doug McMasters who took over in 94 as the head coach. And then uh, let's see, 2009, I think I started coaching with Doug. And then uh, I think 2000 or whatever, I took over as the head coach. So it's all volunteer. So it's, it's kind of a dinosaur in that regard, man. It's mm-hmm. uh, coaches, coaches don't get paid. You know, uh, I think the league fee for the kids is now, I think it's now two hundred dollars, even I think. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a, it's a throwback to like maybe when you and I were kids mm-hmm. towards the very end of of of, uh, of our generation. But uh, it's just long in history and tradition, and, and and I think that's the one thing that's missing nowadays with kids that when we do get them, they don't quite understand everything that it's about. But uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy it and uh, I love it. It's half season long. It's wood bat. And it's basically kids from the San Gabriel Valley area, and it's like a select team. There is no tryouts. There is no uh, pay-to-play or any, anything like that. Politics is cut out of it. Let's just say that. That's great. That's great to hear. And, and it's mostly kids who are, who are what, going to be juniors and seniors and maybe some first-year college players? Yeah, so back, back when I was on the team, uh, this is going back 2001, um, it was all high school seniors. Uh, and maybe some junior class guys. And then over the years, it went to college age. Like, they could be 19. Um, so you had high school seniors, graduating seniors, and uh, college freshmen. And then we kind of dabbled the last few years of getting uh, some younger guys. Um, 
competing with all those uh, showcase stuffs. Uh, you know, the ones that uh, mortgage the parents' parents' house and, and uh, <laughs> deal, you know. Um, so we had to try to compete that in, uh, another leaf and going back to the original plan of just – so this year, hopefully we get things good. Hopefully, if we get this uh, season going, it's going to be all co- – uh, all high school seniors, and it will be all okay. freshmen for college. That's that's how we're going to keep it going. So, no need to compete with the younger guys. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And Sean, you know, travel baseball, especially in Southern California, it's such a big deal. It's changed so much. People spend ungodly amounts of money for their kids to play pretty much year round now. And it, to me, as a as an umpire who guy who's been around baseball a while to me it just seems like total overkill and you're running kids into the ground so what can you what can you talk about as far as just travel whatever you want to call it uh, tra- travel baseball uh, the circuit and just all the money that's spent on these kids these days well i'm going to ask you a question what is travel baseball? Sure. i mean isn't that a road game you go play on the road like isn't that a tra- true I mean, yeah I, I mean i when you travel to go i don't know the game, term yeah but when you tra- are you a travel umpire? Because you don't. I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. You yeah. travel. I mean, so no, I, and I don't mean that to be sarcastic. It's just kind of like it was cliche when I was. I think when we were probably kids that it just started out. It was a new thing, and then mm-hmm. um, travel baseball to me is is still a dad that's coaching a team. Okay, just like little league, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and then he picks his team. I guess. I, I to me, I don't know, yeah. and then and, and, and it's a bunch of. Uh, let's go do this tournament. And I think it has, it had a run at one point and then it turned into travel ball then turned into a showcase of, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to look at 12 and 13 year old kids that are going to be future prospects one day. It's like, okay, like uh, <laughs> few and far between. Does that happen? You know, I mean, uh-huh. uh, for example, for example, the, uh, with, with Peters, you know, um, We've had a few kids that, that have gone through the Astros even before I was playing. Um, and then even while I was coaching, I mean, um, during my time, we've had Noe Ramirez, who's with the Angels. you got DJ Peters uh, with the Dodgers. Um, Mark Loretta was at Arcadia Astro at one point. Um, there's been a handful of guys, right? And, and I, I, it's not – I think the difference of what travel ball is now is the guys that I see, and it's not everybody – but the guys that I do see, they want to take credit for that young man's ability to play the game. Rather yeah. than just, just saying, hey, I had the privilege to coach a kid like so-and-so or a young man like so-and-so. And maybe there was one thing that you helped him like, to get to the next level or add to his game. But the travel ball aspect to me is, is, is just kind of – it's almost like going into a used car lot. You know, and somebody wants to sell you an 83 Datsun. It's like, well, I don't care how you shine it up or the new paint job you put on it or whatever. It's still an 83 Datsun. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know. I I try to forget all the terminology and everything. You know, like travel ball was the only one I could think, you know. But it's – those are good points. Yeah, those those kids were probably going to be successful no matter what route they took. And I'm sure they'd be gracious in, in things they said about you guys and your coaches and everything. Uh, but but I do see a difference in, in what you guys do, and, and I truly mean that. Who are some of the other, I guess, programs, summer programs, I mean, not necessarily high school, but kind of maybe not exactly what you guys do, but who are some of the other programs that do it you, the way you feel in, in a pretty positive way? 
Well, the ones that are still around are, are I mean, there's us, really. I mean, so going <laughs> back to when I was playing, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, it's just, it's been hard to compete in that regard uh, as far as, you know, getting a field, the cost of doing all that stuff. You have to have your insurance and stuff to, uh, and the cost to have a team. Like, so when I was back playing, it was the Almani Dukes were always a, a sought after program. So, I mean, sure. you had Almani uh, Dukes, you had, uh, I think it was Pasadena Angels, uh, West Covina. I think had a team. Uh, there was a lot of guys that kind of did what the Astros model was about, but it, was, it was never got as successful as the Astros did, let's say. And I'm not trying to toot my own cap. I mean, the Astros' success started long before I came, came along. Uh-huh. But um, to put it mildly, I think, I think we're the last of the Mohicans in that regard. I mean, it's... <laughs> We're yeah, just here. we're just trying to we're just we're just trying to get to year fifty to be honest with you, Maddie. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. Uh, next pitch, next year, everything, you, anything you can do. Uh, you know, I, I mean, this might be bad. I'll just ask it. I mean, do you think a lot of these coaches? This is just a money maker for them. I mean, I mean, you, you guys are volunteering your time, but do you see it as a as a big money opportunity for a lot of coaches and just sell it to parents that hey, uh, play for me and your kid's gonna go somewhere. I'm not going to say everybody, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like everything in life, right? There's always 90% of the people that are doing it legit. And then there's the 10% that are doing it for an ulterior motive, you know? So uh, to answer your question, yeah, there, I've seen programs that have, you know, you're, you're going to tell a kid, um, you know, Hey, you got the ability to do this, but uh, for $2,000 a month, we want you to be a part of our program. I mean, yeah, there, there, there's gotta be a give and a take. And uh you know, the, 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 the term that I love the most is uh, college scouts, right? I'm sure you've heard, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that term. And I, I'm, I, I laugh when I hear, I laugh when I hear parents, what a college scout is. I mean, you have, and you might have uh, uh, guys that come out to games who just enjoy baseball, who have friends that are college coaches. And those are your, basically your college scouts. I mean, I, I, if somebody could show me yeah. a job application that says, hey, a uh, college scout, and here's what it pays, let me know because that's, uh, <laughs> that's a new one for me. Yeah, it seems to be uh, out there quite a bit. I mean, coaches at the college level have a, have a very difficult job. they got to uh, build uh, teams with, with limited uh, numbers on their coaching staff as far as how many guys are getting paid. And, and I know there's a lot of pushback about volunteer assistance, and that's a whole other story. So um, – there's a mutual respect uh, when you step on a college baseball field from guys like myself, umpires, and, and the coaches. We're all trying to do a job, and, you know, uh, it's, it's tremendous the work that you, you guys do and that you have done uh, as far as summer baseball goes. And you've definitely gotten some kids to the next level, and that's great. Yeah, I mean, if I could add, just to add this back to what we were talking about, I, my, I will never knock a guy for earning, trying to make a buck. I just – my mm-hmm. – my my thinking is this: is that there was guys that helped me along my career. That so, the way I teach and the way I go about it is 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 I've kind of taken a little bit from here, taken a little bit from there, and if I can help a kid out, how do I turn and charge a, charge it for, as far as putting a price on it? You know what I mean? It wasn't done that it wasn't done that way to me, so I therefore can't do it to that young man. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think. I think it, when I say free, not everything needs to be free, but I think there, it needs to be a reasonable, reasonable deal. I mean, getting back to that thing about baseball, travel ball, 
no travel ball team really carries high school seniors because there's no – you don't have any weight to you. You know, you're kind of in no man's land. If you don't have a school to go to, you're SOL. So – and that's where – that's kind of where the Arcadia Astros are is, like, we we take guys that maybe aren't always the best of the best, but uh, they respect the game. They pride themselves. They do things the right way. And they're good young men, period, mm-hmm. plain and simple, you know. So uh, that that's where I think we're different. But uh, – but yeah, the college game is changing a lot, and I know they got an issue and with this year's uh, situation as far as the eleven point seven scholarships, the roster size, and they're, even their volunteer coaches, like you were going to talk about, I think is those guys aren't getting paid right now, and that's a tough spot to be in. So, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely, yeah. Anybody coaching knows that uh, unless you get to some pretty high levels, that it, it's tough, and 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 you're just trying to to get by, but also give of yourself and. And there's a lot of different hats you got to wear as, as assistant coaches, I'm sure. And uh, so, uh, Sean, let me, let me ask you this. What is it like? You and I talk about this a lot, but, but tell the listeners, what's it is like coaching today's kids? The, the, the players of today, are, are they ignorant? Do, I mean, we never want to be the guy that's like, well, back in my day. But what can you tell me about 2020 and what coaching the high school age kids, kids are like? So the best advice that I ever got uh, was to when I started coaching was to not relate to the kids back when you played. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that now because um, I think what is out there on the television, as far as what guys see, how the games played and the, uh, you know, whether your bat flips or whatever, and every kid thinks that they are the second coming of Christ, let's say, you know, Um, they're very hard to mold in that sense. I've always was told, this is my kind of my philosophy is be wet cement, right? Mm-hmm. Let the coach be able to mold you, shape you, and trust in that they're going to help you down the right path, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's becoming I got to try to take a chisel and a hammer and, and chip away at these young men that are freshmen because they've been told by so-and-so in their backyard that this is how you pitch, this is how you throw a curveball, this is how I hit, this is how <laughs> I play the game of baseball. And it's becoming so excruciating that it's becoming hard to coach high school baseball. And there's other, other sides to it, not just the players, but not every guy's like that. I, I just want to be clear on that, but it is becoming hard for, um, I'm going to say high school baseball in general to coach young men, because there's so many other avenues that they go um, uh, before they get to you. It's almost like you've taken your car to a mechanic to five different mechanics or whatever, or you've had somebody do some work on your house and, and you've had six contractors come over to do work on your house. And now you got the seventh guy in there going, look, I can't fix this. Right. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I, I, you've had a guy come in here and do this and do that. And I can't fix it. So now we got to start over. And that's kind of where it's at right now. as far as high school baseball, at least where I'm at in the mm-hmm. area that I'm at. Um, but again, there's always a handful of guys that, that have the right mentality uh, I'm going to say raise the right way to you respect your coaches. Not everything that I say is going to work for a young man, right? Not mm-hmm. everything that I say is exactly the way it should be. All I try to do as a coach is find something that can click with the young man. That's going to help him become better at his craft. So um, it's not reinventing the wheel by any means. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, I think today's kids have a lot of distractions and so it's got to be tough especially with baseball where it's very repetitive, you know, to have, to get the kids focused, to have them, there's technology, they don't know what they're doing, you know, uh, tomorrow, they're just kind of living for now. So 
uh, today's young young men have to be difficult to really capture their attention and, and keep them focused, right? Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Put your go back to when go back to when you played, right? And if mm-hmm. a coach asked you, uh, guys on your team, how many of you guys actually watch baseball? How many guys on your team would you think raise their hand? Oh, oh man. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, I, I, I struggle to get two to three guys to raise their hand that they watch baseball. So I, I always equate it to the, to the school side of it. Like, you're a student athlete, okay? Well, there is a student side of baseball. If you don't watch it, you don't learn it, how do you expect to go out and play it? I mean, it, and, and I think the other side of the coin to that is, is there's too much baseball being played year-round. You yeah. know, I mean, these kids are playing too much all the time. And, it, and if anything is good about this little dark period, I'll say, is that the kids are actually getting the rest that they need, the proper yeah. rest in that mm-hmm. regard. You know, it's a bad time, and I feel <laughs> for those kids that are seniors, but it's, it's, it's a blessing in disguise for some of these young men, even the freshmen, even the sophomores. I mean, it's, it's a blessing for them to be able to rest their bodies because a lot of them have been duped. I'm going to use the word duped to, to play travel ball and to play this year around and, and spend all this money to go to – wherever it may be, Timbuktu, because they're going to get a scholarship. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, the good kids they're going to find, and, and, and you can only fake being a good player or a good person for so long, too. There's so much that goes into uh, off the field, your studies, how you carry yourself, how you treat other people. They, kids, I don't think, understand that all of that stuff matters. And whether you hide it or not, it eventually comes out. College coaches will absolutely know the type of person you are uh, uh, pretty quick into your college career. Oh, uh, even before that. I mean, yeah. I, I, think back, I think back to, like, how you looked in your uniform. Your cleats need to be clean. Your uniform was clean. How you wore your uniform. And now it's become like a, you got a guy wearing a leisure suit when he's out there playing baseball. He's got wristbands on and tapes, <laughs> wrists or tape. He's got eye black on. It's like, all right, where's that kid at? Oh, he's on the bench. Oh, he looks the part but he doesn't play the part, you know? And I think that's, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, some guys like the idea of being a baseball player and what it takes. And some guys actually few and far between now really truly want to do it. I mean, it's a, it becomes a job. Like it becomes something that you want to do, you know, eat, sleep, drink baseball was kind of my motto when I was a young kid coming up and it was like, yeah. you either did it or you, you didn't, you know I mean? And I think that's like that with anything in life, whatever it may be that you, it is you do, whether you're a janitor, you're a mechanic, you're a construction guy or what. I mean, if you don't focus in on your craft, how do you expect to get to where you want to be? You know, that's a good so, point. Yeah. And at the same time, not overdo it. Like we we're talking about, there's a fine line, there's a fine balance, right? So, um, sure. yeah, let's talk about your experience, Sean, you, you played in high school, you played in college, what, where did kind of your, your baseball uh, path take you? And uh, where did it ultimately end before transitioning into coaching? So I, I went to Tupsey High School, so that's, that's where I'm at now coaching. Um, and then I, from there, I went to Mount San Antonio College uh, out in Walnut. Uh, my head coach there was Stacy Parker. Uh, and our pitching coach kind of during the fall was a guy by the name of Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers is the old angel manager. Uh, in the 80s um, and I went out there as a shortstop and then uh, my buddy sold me out said hey uh, O'Leary can pitch and they kind of laughed like okay what, what do you throw and so I got <laughs> to fastball and I said knuckleball and they all 
chuckled and I never took another ground ball again. Uh, pitched two years at Mount Sac and then went to Cal State LA and then um, Cal State LA I played for I was recruited by coach uh, Taylor and then uh, my senior year I played for coach Pat Shine and then uh, 2007 was was actually an awesome awesome time there was 18 or 19 of us seniors Uh, we have a mutual friend that was on that team with me Um, and uh, we went to the college world series Montgomery Alabama I think we finished third in the nation that year Um, nice and then from there, I kind of had a little, um, you know, being a knuckleball, you're not really sought after. Um, you're more, it's, you know, this as an umpire, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 everybody has a knuckleball, right? So you yeah. become like kind of a, kind of a joke, you know, you're a, kind of a laughing stock kind of, you know, it's kind of the, uh, the last thing that you do before your career is going to end is become a knuckleball pitcher. Um, <laughs> I was, I was never blessed with height. I was never blessed with a 90 mile an hour arm. So that the, the pitch I, it was just kind of I started throwing it when I was 12 and then long story short I had some some tryouts after college um through for the Mariners through for Logan White the scouting director for the Dodgers the first year in Glendale and then I went and played independent ball for about two months for the Joliet Jackhammers and uh Wally Backman was my manager Floyd Humans was the pitching coach um <laughs> and again it, it, um it, I don't tr- to pat myself on the back I I got released, and uh, I, my my I got released just because there was another guy that threw threw the ball better than me, and then wanted and the 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 manager wanted a a guy coming out of affiliated ball, and that was it. I mean, and it's like that with everybody, not just myself. So mm-hmm. I mean, in that regard, um, I enjoyed my career. I think I got the the most I could out of a guy my size and out of myself, um, and I think it. At least my story, my background of, of, of me as a player is not your normal one. I mean, uh, I think I was lucky enough to play as long as I did, to be honest with you. And it's mm-hmm. not to say I, I BS my way through it. I think um, I've had I, – I was blessed to have quality coaches coach me and teach me the game the way it was meant to be played, and it's the same way I coach now. So in that regard, Matt, I think um, – you know, I, my career my career ended really in 2008. Um, basically, on, as a tryout, throwing a bullpen for Ozzie Guillen was the last time I threw a meaningful pitch. Um, and uh, yeah, it was that was it. And I walked away knowing that hey, I it wasn't going to happen, and it was okay, mm-hmm. and it was time to move on. So, I think the important lesson for kids to know is that whether you are a stud in high school or you're a you're a guy that plays five years in the minor leagues or a guy that has a 15-year big league career it doesn't matter at some point in life there is going to be somebody who's a little better than you and you have mm-hmm. to you have to have to know that one day that's going to happen some people don't realize it until a few years later um and some people they fight through it they fight through some adversity and maybe they're be- maybe they end up producing better than people who are uh, better than them. But eventually, Sean, you're going to reach a point that where someone does it better than you and it's time to move on with your life. So I think that's a good lesson, uh, you know, from your story is that, you know, you had great success, you had a good run and it sounds like you you did everything you could. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always, there's always good stories that go along with it. You know, like I, I said, being blessed with good coaches that, that, that coached me along the way and one being open-minded to coach, to allow them to coach me. I mean, um, it can be very unnerving being a knuckleball pitcher and you have coaches that 
want no part of it and some that embraced it. Um, <laughs> a, co- a cool moment. I'll share this with you. I don't know if I've ever shared this one with you, though. 2002, Angels, win the, Angels won the World Series. But before that, it was uh, my first year at Mount Sac. And our hitting coach was a guy by the name of Randy Capano. And Randy had a hitting facility, oh, half a mile away from Mount Sac or whatever. And guys used to hit with him. And when I say guys, I'm talking about Garrett Anderson, Sean Wooten. And these are guys that were on the 02 Angel World Series team. And I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, I was throwing a bullpen. And I was throwing it with Randy's son, Corey, who played in the Angel organization with a few of these guys. And I didn't know that at the time. And so on the other side where I was throwing the bullpen, I had to walk back through the cage side to, to leave. And so Coach Capano looked at me and he said, hey, O-Dog, uh, are you leaving? And I said, well, yeah, I just finished on my bullpen. He goes, you might want to stick around. I said, okay. And I figured he wanted to talk or he wanted to go get lunch or whatever. And uh, about five minutes later, five dudes walk in. It was, it was, it was <laughs> GA, Garrett Anderson, Sean Wooten. Benji Gill, Benji Molina. And uh, I threw batting practice to those guys the day before, I think it was game one uh, or game two when they played the Twins at Angel Stadium. Oh, and the so you talk uh, ALCS, about your heart, yeah. yeah. ALCS, you talk about heart beating through your chest. I'm, I, here I am a freshman throwing batting practice to <laughs> these big leaguers. I was like, okay, I can get used to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a job. What a, what a, that's, yeah. that's so crazy. And, and that's, Man, that's just life out, outside of baseball, too. Just just kind of never knowing what's going to happen and, and where baseball will take you. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't make it to the big leagues, Sean, but you got to do a little something with some big leaguers, which I'm sure, you know, sometimes our goals work out in different ways than we thought. Uh, it, you know, not exactly how we wanted them to, but that's a great story. That's really good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean uh... – it's it's just those times that those are things that will never be taken away from me, you know. And like mm-hmm. you said, I didn't make it, and I don't claim to have made it. Um, uh, but I, I'm I'm a, I'm content, let's say, on on where I got. Now it's just about giving back to the kids that actually want to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. And and again, it's not to say that the way I do it's the only way to do it. But uh, I mean, if I, I mean, I I know you know some of the same guys that I'm talking about as far as Jason Dietrich. I mean, Jason was my pitching coach in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a little side story about him how he remembered me um so he came along with coach shine my senior year at cal state LA, and um there was a lot of i'll just say seniors that were kind of on the uh on the outside looking in after our junior year mm-hmm. uh we had a we had a coaching change so shiner came in and he brought in coach dietrich and coach bob macaluso and and so um that summer i was out in hawaii playing in a summer league that is now deep it's I don't even think they're running it anymore, but um, I came back into town and I met with Coach Shine and, and Coach Dietrich actually remembered me from Irvine Valley when I was at Mount Sac and uh, gave me my spot back on the team. And they could have easily said, yeah, you only threw, I think I threw six or eight innings my junior year at Cal State LA. Um, could have easily said, see you later. And they didn't. And it allowed me to work myself into the rotation and into the bullpen. And, I, and those are things that, you know, you, as a coach, as an umpire, you got a young guy coming up. I mean, I, I'm going to give you, I don't know if your listeners know this or not, but you, you, you umped in the minor leagues. I, hopefully you've told that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've talked you know, a little so bit about you, it. You, you, yeah. 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 So you've had guys that have helped you along the way. So for me, that's the, what's the one thing I try to do now as far as coaching is remember those moments through my career 
where there was every reason to say, you know what, get rid of him. Instead, it was looked upon, no, let's let the guy fail, right? Let's, let's do everything we can to help him succeed. And then if he fails, okay. <laughs> but and I think that's the way to go about it, is give them every avenue to, to succeed rather than set them up for failure. And I think that's the one thing in today's game with today's players that, that, that is missing. It's, it's lacking. Or there's a misunderstanding of it. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good story because it goes to show you that, I mean, you're talking about an Irvine Valley game you played. And, you know, you didn't know at the time that that game or, or the way you carried yourself was going to be significant, but it ended up coming up later. Oh, yeah, I've seen this guy. You know, hey, let's give him a shot. Um, there's definitely some parallels in, in umpiring and baseball. I don't know how many times I've heard stories about a supervisor go to watch a certain umpire or official uh, to watch a certain guy and then be impressed with someone else on the crew. And, and, and they get their shot because of that. And that happens with players too, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, you just, you never know who's watching. And I think that's always a good thing to, to just carry yourself the right way, no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, let, Absolutely. Let me, t- let me, I'll give me to give you a couple minutes here and, and Sean, I will say, uh, I, I'm just going to let you go any direction you want with this. You're, you're a baseball coach, but I want you to talk <laughs> for a minute maybe not too long but just talk about umpires what what is your your perception your disappointments what what is your thoughts on umpiring well for one i'm spoiled during the summer with such great umpires (laughs) Uh, and and i'll go into that in a little bit uh so umpires today that and it's not a knock on all of them all right but you know you start in little league and those are like your volunteer guys that are just starting out it's like the food pyramid or john john wooden's pyramid anything anything it is in life right so the ones that i deal with on a daily on a consistent basis are the high school umpires and then in my area um you know they have day jobs and then they come and do their do their craft and some of them it's not a craft to them it's just a paycheck to them um and for me as a coach i always um I give the umpire 110% of respect to start. So if I have a question as far as, and you know this, how mm-hmm. I'm just kind of giving the listeners a, an idea, is if, a, if, a, if, if I call for a pitch and I feel the catcher didn't move his glove, it was well executed, but it doesn't go our way, I'll say, excuse me, I'll say, hey, sir, is that out, is that down, or is that up? I won't say blue. I'll no, say, no. sir. Yes. But if I, if I don't even get a look or an answer, and that goes once or twice to the third time, um, I'll go to the mound. Maybe I don't even need to take a mound visit just to wait for the, the umpire to get out there to say, Hey, that's it. Let's break it up. And I'll, and I'll, I will then tell him, Hey, look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to ask you. So my guy knows where he's missing. If he's out mm-hmm. up down, cause he doesn't know. And where that lacks as far as knowledge of just the coaches having respect uh, at the high school level is few and far between. There's a, there's, there's always a handful of umpires that don't, that get it, you know, that know, Hey, he's being respectful. He's not trying to cross the line and I've crossed the line as a coach. Uh, but um, I don't know. I don't think umpires uh, at the high school level, I think they're not, they're not trying to be bad. I just think they don't work on their craft the way they should, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then moving up the ladder, as you get to college, it becomes that's, – that's the seriousness. That's the level where guys are starting to go, okay, this is something I want to do. Uh, it's just like being a baseball player. You're moving up the ladder, and you get to where you got in the minor leagues, and then we've have, we have friends that are actually still doing it. Um, and 
they take it seriously. That is their job. That is their craft. And it, yeah, it is their job just that season. But uh, I mean, am I right or am I wrong? No, you no, you are training you know? in the off season. Oh yeah. And you know what, uh, you know, people ask me what I do these days and, and I tell them, you know, I do college baseball. I, I do some other, other work, uh, driving for Uber and stuff like that. But to me, it's not just a, an avocation or a hobby. It, it, it may be at lower levels, but when you're in the college level, it requires a great amount of your time. It really does uh, on and off the field, talking post-game, pre-game, just all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, our season is February through May, but I can promise you there's baseball talk and, and tests going on in December and January and all that. So uh, the, the one thing you said, which is respect and mutual respect, and I think every game – like you said, needs to start clean slate. Hey, there's a mutual respect here. And then as the game progresses or the series, okay, things change. But umpires should always answer a realistic question uh, uh, when it's asked. Now, if you're asking every pitch, that's a different story. Uh, if you're being sarcastic, uh, I, I love to be sarcastic back. <laughs> but, uh, right. you know, yeah, so what's that? No, I agree with oh, you on that. I thought you said why. Okay, I was like, you know, so, but if you ask me where a pitch is, like, to me, if you don't respond, it's like, either you don't know, or you are ignoring me, or or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, I think there's different levels of uh, communication, we'll say, and some do it better than others. So, it's interesting to hear from a coach's perspective on umpiring because I'm always going to be a guy that defends officials on this podcast and, and all this stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it when they're wrong too, but uh, yeah, it, it's cool to hear you talk about it, Sean, and just the relationship there too with uh, players and coaches. So now I'll, I'll tell your listeners why I only have you guys. You're, 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 when I say you guys, there's six, right? Six. six yeah. Ten. You got some something guy, like that. James, James comes in 10. Mm -hmm. You might have a few other guys that, that join in. And the reason I do this and the reason why I, I, I had this idea is because I don't want to argue calls. <laughs> I don't want to sit out. I don't want to argue balls and strikes, fair or foul, if he's safe or out. And I know that, you're, that the guys that you have are serious about your craft, even when, it's, even when it's June 30th and it's 100 degrees outside and it's a doubleheader. You know what I mean? I, I don't I, – never, I, never do I feel like it's just, hey, here's a paycheck or you mean the cash that I hand you at the plate meeting? Do I feel that you're there for only that reason? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's where the, that's where the give and take is, or I should say the, uh, the level of uh, skill set as far as umpires go is different during the summer than it is during, during the course of the year for me in high school. So with that being said, uh, I wish there was better umpires or guys that, that could do it. I'm sure there's gentlemen out there that you know started out an umpire and their life kind of took a different path and they can't get off their, their nine to five job to do a game. Mm -hmm. But um, I think every day, every day, it doesn't matter if you're an umpire or a builder or a janitor, get better every day at your job and your craft. Yeah. I think that's the plain and simple message. No doubt. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> to, to echo in a way your statement, you know, I wish there were more coaches like you, like with your outlook on things, you know, but unfortunately there isn't. And I'll say this about your games and coaching. I haven't coached in a long time, but Baseball is about adversity, and when something goes wrong, could be a bad call, whatever, that's also an opportunity for coaches to see how kids respond because 
no matter what level they play, they're going to, they're going to experience those things. So some coaches take those moments as a chance to uh, scream and, and yell and other guys like yourself, you take it as an opportunity to watch how a kid responds and maybe, Hey, have better body language. Hey, uh, you know, move on. It's going to happen, whatever, you know? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's, well, it goes back to who's watching, right? Uh-huh. There's always somebody watching. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you, we'll be, we'll, I'll be candid with your listeners. I've, I've gone to you in between innings and said, hey, I want you to be a little tight with this guy. You know, because we're going to, uh, school's in session, right? We're going to teach this kid a lesson that not every pitch that he thinks he throws is a strike. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think with- we have to have a little bit of, adver- adver- <laughs> of adversity. And, and I'm not saying you're, you're, you're taking it to the kid. But maybe a borderline pitch that may be an inch on the plate or off the plate, it's on the black, whatever, you, you might call it a ball or whatever, uh, and then just see a body reaction because I need to see that as a coach. He needs to be put in those situations now rather than later when he gets to a junior college or a four-year, and then they see that, and it's see you later. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and, Pack your bags, <laughs> clean your locker, it's gone, it's over with. Yeah, and, and just to, so everyone's aware, that stuff that only goes on in, like, summer ball – uh, you know, right. What, right. Re- recreation right, right. type talking, play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this isn't, I'm not talking about yeah. uh, uh, on March, on March 29th and a league title. Game yeah. Or something like that, that that's taking place. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just clearing that up. But yeah, it's that, yeah. those are the things you do types of things you do that, that I respect about your program. And because I can see that there's a work in progress, you're working not just on, you know, how hard a kid can throw or locate or how far he can hit a ball, but how he responds, all the little things that, that really add up for baseball. So uh, really, really yeah, fun the stuff. the complete package. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. That's <laughs> very well said. Um, well, thanks for the kind words about uh, most umpires. Uh, I'll tell you, you, you talk about a job. One, one, one uh, phrase that just I cannot tolerate uh, when in, in a heated, uh, we'll call it discussion with a coach, is when a coach tells me, uh, this, this is my job and you're, and you know, it, this, this is just a hobby to you or whatever. A coach told me that once <laughs> last year and it didn't end very well for him, but uh, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I don't know how other guys look at it, but, but it is a job to me. It, it uh, I, I, I work very hard at it and, and there's plenty of guys, as you know, this who do as well, they put time in and they care. They may not care who wins a ball game, which, which we're not supposed to, but we do care about the game and, and the product on the field. So um, it's glad, like I said, it's really encouraging to hear people like yourself talk, talk about these things and, and, and coaches. So we really appreciate that also from the collective side of uh, umpiring too, Sean. Yeah, it's, again, mutual respect for every, any guy that puts the, the uh, uniform on to do that, right? That I, think, I assume that they're taking it there seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not there to – to be a factor they're just there to umpire the game mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that um i think if you have the respect for the individual whether you know them or not uh and then as as the course of time goes on of course you're going to have your run-ins with guys that you've seen before or dealt with before and like i've always said you give guy, a guy a first or second chance and then the third time shame on you you know what yeah I mean? so, yeah three strikes you're out um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, well, Sean, it's been a pleasure, man. You've never been a guy who's you, you've been baseball only, right? You don't really have any other interests in other sports or anything. Uh, no, I played a little Pop Warner. Uh, actually, my 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 best friend, uh, he played running back at SC. Uh, his name was Desmond Reed. Uh, oh, Temple City, that was, that yeah. Was the only football, yeah, that was the only football that I got was uh, 
two years at Pop Warner, basically, uh, I, I played wide receiver. I think I caught one pass. It was one pass thrown to me in two years. But it was basically just a <laughs> halfback option, let Desmond run and do his thing. Um, so, yeah, that was the only thing I did was two years of that. And then uh, <laughs> maybe some kick, some soccer that I uh, – uh, when I was nine or ten. So it's been baseball for me. But, uh, you know, I have other hobbies and stuff that, uh, that I do, um, you know, as far as uh, – Horses and construction. Uh, I guess you could say jack of all trades, master of none. Okay. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Sound like an umpire almost. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Cool. Glad to hear it, man. Well, I hope all is well. I know you got, uh, is it just the one, the one uh, little, little kid at home now? Yeah, I got, uh, he's going to be three next month and I got one on the way in August. Okay. Boy coming. Okay. so I'll have my hands full. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Well, we got one for one, one son for the plate and one son for the bases already. We'll see if we can get a maybe another three or four uh, man umpire crew down the road for you. There we go. Unless there we go. unless they're going to yeah. be knuckleball pitchers. So we'll, we'll see about uh, that. I hope I, I I hope not, man. I hope not. <laughs> we'll start them as bat boys to start. Oh, I love <laughs> it, man. Well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. I really appreciate you t- appreciate you taking the time. I know that you said your son was taking a nap or something, so uh, we'll let you get back to it. And just thank you for being on here. Any any more uh, closing thoughts or remarks? Oh, everybody be safe out there uh, during this time, and uh, let's hope everything gets back to normal. And, uh, and uh, yeah, stay safe. I mean, I thank you for the time, and thanks for having me on, Matt. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we hope it's, it's April now, and hopefully by the summer the – the Astros are taking the field uh, in Arcadia, and uh, yeah, we'll be seeing each other hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I appreciate it, Matt. All right, Sean. Well, you take care, and uh, thanks again. All right, man. Get home safe. Huh? All right, we'll do. <laughs> All right, a big thank you to Sean O'Leary. Great job, great information. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Thanks for being one of the classy coaches out there. It was a great interview. We look forward to having him again. Uh, Tomorrow, Friday, is going to be very exciting. We have Bill Ritter on the show. Bill is a music recording engineer. He has his own band as well. I can promise you this. The interview is going to be very entertaining. So viewer discretion advised. (laughs) A little warning there on that. But uh, with some of our guests, yeah, the language gets a little colorful. So just a fair warning to any parents out there. Um, Bill and I go way back. We were in junior high together. Uh, His music career started at that point. We used to play some music together. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about our competitions together. Uh, I can really promise you it's going to be a fun, fun conversation. So please join in tomorrow on Friday for that. You know, we're all starting to lose our mind a little bit with this this uh, quarantine. At least I am. I, I've done a few things that it just shake my head. They happened recently. I went to take my contacts out. For for yes for for you, ha uh, ha. Very funny. Yes, the umpire wears contacts already and glasses. So uh, the the cliche is true, but I was taking my contacts out, and I could have sworn that I had done that earlier. So I went to the restroom to put my contacts uh, to take them out for the night, and I opened my case, and I always kind of throw out the case 
just basically make sure there's no solution left over from the day before. I kind of rinse it out. So I kind of just flick it into the sink before I rinse it out. And I look down and I see two contact lenses. And I went, wait a minute. And then I looked in the mirror and kind of blinked my eyes. I was like, I already took my contacts out. What is what is wrong with me? <laughs> so uh, for those of you who know me, I, I have moments like that. I have a lot of yogiisms and just things where I say, I'm sure you've heard them here, that I'll say that like, wait a minute, what did you just say? Or sometimes I'll do things like that. that I'm just like, what are you doing? Oh my goodness, I, I got to get out. I got to get to a ball game or something because uh, this quarantine is really having its way with us. It, it may only get worse, who knows, but stay tuned, guys, stay tuned. There'll be plenty more more stories. And uh, again, I'm throwing out random thoughts here, the things that happened to me, thoughts I have. Please bear with me. I can promise you if, if you don't like a subject, we're going to be moving on from it in, in 30 seconds or so. So we'll be on to the next one. Uh, again, thank you to uh, Edwin Ixta for writing in. Look forward to hear from more people. Uh, the Anchor app is the best place to listen to our podcast, as you well know. But any uh, any avenue is appreciated. So thank you for the support. I'm going to keep saying it, guys. I really am. I, it's we're, we're approaching 500 plays here shortly, and I just I'm excited about it. I, I never thought it would come to this, and so I'm I'm extremely uh, proud of. The, uh, the fan base, the support, and uh, we're going to try to keep it going. Maybe I can learn to talk a little smoother uh, at some point, but for now, this is what you're dealing with. So thank you again. Really look forward to tomorrow's show on Friday. I can promise you Bill Ritter will, will take us uh, take us home. He will get us home safe for the weekend. We'll take a few days off, and we'll be back the following Monday for a new week of shows. So thanks for joining us Monday through Friday. Most of the shows will be posted in the morning. If something happens, it may be a little push push back a little bit, but we can promise you we'll be here, whether it's an hour conversation with someone or just 15 minutes of me rambling about something. We will be here for you as you are quarantined, as you're going about your daily life, whatever it is. So thanks again for listening. Look forward to having you tomorrow. Uh, big thanks to Sean O'Leary for doing the interview. We're sorry for some of the audio. We are a work in progress here, and I promise you, much like umpiring, coaching, whatever we're doing, we're going to try to get better every day in some small uh, small part of, of it, in one way or another. I can promise you that. So we're working hard for you. Thanks for uh, your, your, your words, and, and we'll look forward to more topics that you will bring us and other topics that will happen just from uh, – this daily life experiences and such. So guys, thank you so much again. We look forward to having you tomorrow. Please join us and we will get home safe for the weekend. But whatever you're doing right now, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Mm-hmm.